Ahoy everyone, this is recording number 18 for Voyagers Under Sale. Today is Monday, September 10th, 2018. It's half past six in the morning. I'm again on the top terrace of our Riyadh in Fez. That has been the second night that we spent here. And yesterday morning, from this exact place, I was uh, talking about our first day in Rabat, the capital of uh, Morocco, a day that we arrived in uh, the marina. So basically yesterday I was describing the events that happened on Thursday, September the 6th. Now I'm going to try to catch up. So I'm going to start my uh, journal from the events that happened on September the 7th on Friday. So we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and today it's Monday, Monday morning. And I'm going to do my best to catch up and to be up to date after this recording. So, um, you know, I can stay on top, to, <laughs> on top of the events and don't get... Uh, behind the schedule. Now the marina in Saleh is a very modern marina. Marina, um, I think it was built no more than 10 years ago, let's say, but um, I kind of have the feeling that it has been, has been built only about four or five years ago. Uh, and um, the buildings around it are new and modern. Uh, it's commercial buildings with apartments uh, on top, maybe two or three floor um, buildings. Only the front buildings uh, have been uh, sold out and so they have the apartments are occupied, not even all of them, but everything else that's behind and that goes like five or six or seven uh, streets behind the, the, the marina. The buildings, uh, some of them are finished, but uh, definitely none of them are occupied. So um, that's kind of the new wave of buildings that's coming into uh, close to uh, to the marina, and it's the new lifestyle that uh, probably is trying to be um, sold as the new dream for the Moroccans, or maybe uh, the target market. It's all the and not immigrants, the tourists, the high-end tourists that come, fall in love with the place and then decide to buy a holiday apartment. I'm not sure. What I know for sure is that the prices are really, really high for the Moroccan market. Uh, from what I heard, uh, uh, an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment can be 110,000 um, US dollars where you can buy a whole Riyadh that okay, will need refurbishment, but it's a traditional building in a you know, historical location in a medieval Medina, and you can buy that for probably 80,000 um, dirham. But these are just rumors, are not official figures, uh, it's just uh, to give you an idea of you know, what the market can be here. Uh, but of course, I'm not giving any suggestion to anybody to come and invest here far from me. This is just about the facts that I found from talking to the people around me. Now, on the second day, Friday the 7th, uh, I woke up uh, early in the morning, as I often like to do. 
and uh, I went into the sale um, to to walk around the Medina early in the morning before the vendors uh, are on the street just to get a feel of the place and see um, the life before it gets crowded, the local life before it gets crowded. So uh, the marina in, in Saleh, so then let's not forget you have Saleh and Rabat, two cities that kind of match together. Rabat is still the official uh, capital, but the only thing that uh, divides the two cities is the river and a few bridges over the river. Uh, but there are practically two two towns that match together, but they still keep uh, different names. So of course the Saleh has its own Medina, Rabat has its own Medina, medieval Medina, so uh, and they'll be different. I woke up in the morning, I went to the Saleh Medina, beautiful walls, um, ancient walls, um, you will go inside the Medina. Uh, every, every Medina will have a few different gates, five, seven, eight, twelve, depending on the size of the Medina. Um, so you can access, you can, you can go behind the walls through a few different gates. Some of them are just small gates, some of them are big um, gates that uh, lead into the major um, streets of the Medina. I walked into Medina through a side gate, but what's still imposing, and I happened to get straight into the middle of uh, a residential uh, area. Not too many shops, just you know, people that live in the Medina, live in the houses. Again, nice. Uh, I would say a little bit, I wouldn't call it dirty, but you know, you don't have bins on every corner of the street. Uh, people here use, are used to just leave the trash in the street, piled up in a corner and then um, trucks come in the morning and uh, collect it. So I walked through the Medina, um, I happened to see a, a big truck coming with uh, cages of chickens that were being um, put into the market probably for the day. Um, people going around their business, uh, empty carts in corners of the streets. And then I came um, along uh, a street with a few bakeries. So we'll have two French, traditional French bakeries and then we'll have one traditional uh, Arabic, a Moroccan bakery. So I stopped at the Moroccan one and uh, I saw the locals coming and uh, having their breakfast there. And again, uh, you have to, you know, whatever your notion of uh, a bakery is, you have to take that, if you live in the Western world, Europe, uh, Americas, you know, Australia, you have to take that notion of the bakery and divide it by, uh, I'd say, six or even ten and that's the kind of space that the business happens in. So you'll have this uh, 50-something, maybe 60 years old Moroccan woman with a big... Um, it's not an oven, it's like a metal plate that has the fire under and she's baking this traditional bread in the street, basically, in front of the bakery. And her sons will be in the bakery selling these uh, few different kind of uh, breads that she was making and uh, she'll, they will sell the bread to the customers and uh, you have the option usually of putting some cheese in that bread with honey or a kind of peanut buttery uh, 
kind of filling, or just plain or just butter. And then uh, they'll make um, coffee, uh, white coffee. They'll make it on the spot. So this is what most people will uh, will ask for. And the bread, it's being sold by kilogram because uh, the woman will make a big white, big round loaf, loaf of uh, bread. And uh, then you come as a customer in and you ask for whatever 100 grams and they cut it from the big loaf and put it on a, on a scale and that's what they... Um, they sell you um, very few people will actually buy a full loaf now even the bread itself is not what you my imagine it's not actually a loaf of bread it's uh, imagine a very big fat pancake when i say very big i mean big uh, talking 60 centimeters diameter maybe 70 centimeters um, diameter and only half an inch thick um, so it's not your loaf of bread that comes from the oven, but this is the bread they they will bake for for uh, this particular bakery for the breakfast. So, so I sat down, I looked around uh, at what other people were buying and ordering, and then I went up to the uh, the two brothers and pointed out the, the table at other people's whatever they, what they were eating and said, okay, please. Uh, give me this and the white coffee and sugar, and um, I paid for that. 8 dirham, which is the equivalent of about 80 cents. Okay, definitely not expensive by our standards. And it was nice, it was, I wouldn't say it was delicious, but it was nice, it was different. It was a different kind of bread uh, with um, cheese and uh, peanut butter and a very sweet coffee with milk. Uh, that was uh, that breakfast. And then I headed uh, back into the marina. By this time, um, Claudia and the children will be uh, awake. And uh, after we had our breakfast, uh, I we headed back into the medina. Now, in my morning stroll, I only managed to do a couple of streets, and these were, I would say, the the more modern streets uh, with banks and shops and more modern cafes. But when I went into the medina with uh, my family we adventure a little bit deeper into it more into the residential uh, area of the medina where um, the locals live and uh, do their own trade it's not so much um, about the the bigger businesses of the medina and soon after walking through we found ourselves in some really out of this world <laughs> places we found ourselves on a street that uh, sells meat. There is, from what I can see, no refrigeration. So uh, the meat is being uh, freshly butchered uh, in the morning and the cats are hanging on the stalls. Um, some flies around, of course, uh, but the meat is not being refrigerated. So you buy your meat and you, you have everything there. And the smells can be a bit strong. Uh, Claudia didn't, couldn't, couldn't resist. She wanted to get out of uh, that place uh, as soon as possible. She just she found the smell of the meat and the smell in that street uh, very strong. And again, you have streets with vegetables and fruits and uh, produce. Um, very narrow. And we were, I mean, we, the, the four of us, were obviously the odd ones out. Uh, 
there is no doubt about it. We were really odd people on that street. You wouldn't, you know, we barely came across another two or three tourists um, on, on those streets. But even them seem to be a bit more um, seasoned than we are. We are, we were just really, really odd. Like obviously, who, who saw us knew that we were not there to buy anything. We we're just uh, walking through the street and looking at their life. Um, so that was that. And uh, at some point, um, a man passed by and asked us how we are, where we're going, what we're doing, uh, in a very friendly uh, manner. And we said, okay, we're just looking around. They said, okay, fine, enjoy, uh, go on. And 15 minutes later, we meet him again. And uh, I said, okay, let's be friends with the man. If he's, you know, obviously, um, he's chatty. And we, obviously, we are a bit lost. Um, and um, after chatting to him a little bit, he offered to show us around. His name was uh, Ahmed. And I know that was his real name because uh, when he met people that... Uh, knew him and when they were uh, greeting each other I could hear Ahmed so um, I have no doubt about um, his name and he was very nice uh, a 30 something year old man tall slim okay of a slim build um, and um, he offered to show us uh, around the Medina and show us a few uh, places that for us uh, will be difficult uh, to find so he took us to the Grand Mosque. He explained that uh, the, the prayer is going on uh, and uh, we are not allowed to go in, even especially because we are not Muslims, but even the part that uh, tourists will be allowed to go in, it's not open yet to the public because uh, of the the prayer. Into it. And then uh, he showed us another few attractions and uh, he offered to show us the cemetery which was just a, a, a long, a, a short stroll away from, um, from on, on, along the Medina's walls. So we saw the cemetery, impressive. Um, after that, I said, okay, we can, I can show you also the, the old prison where, uh, you know, in the medieval time, the prisoners were kept. It's not open to the public, they are restoring right now, but maybe we can convince the guards to let you in and see um, the, the prison. And we are happy to, to go along. And he was nice, and we asked all kind of questions, and he was happy to to answer. Um, and we got to the prison, but unfortunately, uh, the guards said they are not allowed to let anybody in. Uh, even if we bribe them, they're still not ac going to accept. And the reason being, uh, sooner or later, somebody will find out that we've been inside, and uh, they will be in trouble for for that. So um, we are not allowed. But um, the the guards the uh, open aside the gate that kind of went behind the prison along the beach let's not forget we are still on the seaside and uh, Ahmed and uh, myself Claudia and the children uh, took us along the beach we said no you can see the prison from behind I can see the, the beach uh, it was uh, an interesting experience again you can see fire pits that uh, have been burned the previous night or previous days. You can see a couple of uh, Moroccan teenagers kind of messing around on the beach. And he explained to us that locals uh, come there on in the evening and they lit, light a fire and they make their uh, food or tagine on the beach and then eat and enjoy the, the evening. Now, 
the beach was the strangest beach I ever seen. So you have the sea, then you have a line of rocks that's been, uh, um, you know, eroded by the sea and the waves. But there are still menacing rocks. Uh, there will still be five, six, seven feet, eight feet uh, high with little uh, crevices in between where the sea kind of breaks in. And then you have this stretch of sandy beach. And after that we have the walls of the Medina and the prisons. Uh, so there are kind of two lines of defense from the water to the prison. You have the natural line of defense from uh, the rocks. Uh, you have the beach, nice flat ground, and then you have the walls of the Medina. So it was quite interesting to walk between on this beach and between the rocks and the walls of the prison and the Medina. Uh, you can see the openings in the walls where the cannons used to be. In some places you actually can see a couple, you know, one or two uh, cannon uh, in those openings. And uh, after 10 or 15 minutes of uh, walking uh, along this beach, Ahmed said, okay, this is the exit from the beach, and we climb a couple of rocks, and we uh, ended up back onto the main road that goes along the beach, along uh, the walls. And uh, while we were walking, he, he suggested, look, uh, if you like, and if you feel hungry, I can bring you to a nice restaurant where only locals usually eat, and uh, they have a very fresh uh, fish dishes, and we are very happy to, to oblige, say, yeah, of course, local restaurant, fish, we love fish, let's go and, and uh, eat there. And he was a really nice uh, and friendly person all the time. At some point he suggested, like, you know, for these services that I'm doing and the fact that I'm, you know, spending time with you to show you around, I'll be very happy if you can um, give me a hundred dirham or a hundred and fifty dirham or something like that, and I can show you more of the town. And... Um, I didn't say yes, I didn't say no, I just told him, look, um, he actually wanted the money to buy a bottle of whiskey, which is very strange for a Muslim, because Muslims don't eat, don't drink uh, alcohol, but he said, no, I, I drink alcohol, alcohol, I don't have a problem, so that's what I would like to, to get from you, uh, a bottle of whiskey, and said, no, I don't have whiskey, uh, I only drink wine, he said, ah, no, you need many bottles of wine uh, to, uh, to come up uh, with the with the value of a bottle of uh, whiskey. But I just, I didn't continue the, the, the discussion, I just let it uh, where it was. So uh, we approached this restaurant and uh, again, the restaurant was, you have the big road, then you have the curb, which is a quite uh, wide uh, path, uh, work, work, work path uh, beside the road. So there will be a few tables um, on the, side of the street and then you'll have this um, kitchen made on the side of the street the the only two rooms that uh, were part of the restaurant one was used just to wash your hands and the other one was used uh, as the inside kitchen where probably dishes uh, were being uh, washed and um, some of the ingredients were kept but the whole cooking everything was happening in just beside the street under a nice big canopy. Uh, and uh, the second we approached the restaurant, the owner uh, came with a plate of uh, deep-fried calamari and it was the best calamari I ever 
had in my life. I didn't eat a lot of calamari in my life, but this was the best. It was crispy on the outside, buttery, and uh, slightly chewy in the inside, but mostly buttery, with a nice subtle flavor. Uh, it was heavenly. So when we realized the quality of the food, we said, okay, no problem, I'm going to sit down and eat. Um, that's absolutely fantastic. So we sat down and Ahmed looked after us, he ordered for us and he said, you know, would you like to get a big plate of mixed fish for the family? Yeah, and that came along with some uh, lentil and some different um, tomatoes, salad and sauces and a basket of breads and a bottle of water and another bottle of uh, fizzy drink like uh, Coke, Coca-Cola. And um, we started eating and it was delicious, absolutely delicious, no, no, no reserve. And you can see the locals uh, eating uh, along ourselves. There were no forks, okay, the, the notion of a fork didn't exist in that restaurant. So you have your table, they'll bring these small plates with the side sauces, the side dishes, then you'll have a big basket with uh, the fried, deep fried fish, different uh, uh, kinds of fried fish in the middle uh, and because we were westerners we we got another small plate so we can put our uh, fish on that plate and um, eat from it with our hands uh, but Ahmed the local he, he he didn't want a plate I actually wanted to get him a plate so no no and he, he will pull the fish in on the table in front of him and he will just eat just like that and with his hands he will dip the bread into the side dishes and um, you know get the sauce or whatever and then he will uh, eat the fish so a very close encounter with the with the local and uh, the way he eats um, eating at the same table <laughs> i'm still salivating now because that was delicious fish <laughs> absolutely delicious uh, and now and again he will offer to um, put more fish in our plate so he'll do the rounds and go around all of you know and put a a piece of fish on my plate and another piece of fish on my uh, on my wife's plate and the children's and he realized that uh, David liked very much the calamari and he shouted to the uh, woman who was in the kitchen and said you know more calamari and another plate of calamari came to to my son um, very 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 uh, nice experience and at that point we were in heaven I have to say we were in heaven at the same time, don't forget, this is a place on the side of the street, no forks, no waiters, it's just a man, the husband and the wife in the kitchen, and uh, their two daughters, or three daughters, I think they were daughters, um, their daughters, uh, helping around, you know, going to the tables and bringing the food, cleaning the tables, bringing the drink, um, you know, they were the waiters, so it was a family business, a family affair, in the middle, on the side of this, of this big road, beside the beach, where locals will stop to eat for lunch. Uh, the only Europeans we've seen was a table of three men, and uh, by talking to Ahmed, I understood there were uh, Spanish people working locally for, for a local project, um, and they were eating exactly the same with their hands, no forks. Uh, you just have a little teaspoon that you can use to take the sauce from the uh, side dishes and put it on your plate. That was the only um, option. Anyway, absolutely delicious food. Delicious, delicious, delicious. I cannot say it enough. And then it came the time to pay. 
and I was brought to the kitchen and uh, one of the young uh, girls, uh, probably she was the only one who was able to write uh, the numbers on a piece of paper because let's not forget the Arabic uh, letters are different from um, our writing. So even the, the numbers, let's say you want to write down 725, you need to know how to write a 7, a 2 and a 5 with our alphabet because the Arabic alphabet is different, so the 7, the 2, and the 5 will be written different, the same way they'll be with the Chinese um, letters and uh, figures. So the woman uh, will, the lady, not the lady, actually, was a young woman, probably 20 and a little bit, if, if 20, she wrote down on the piece of paper 400, 420 dirhams. 420 dirhams, that's the equivalent of um, 400 uh, of 42 uh, euro or let's say 45 dollars uh, in a place where the night before we sat down in a restaurant with waiters with table service with forks and knives in a building in the middle of the city that needs to pay a good rent electricity and all of that dinner for four with drinks and desserts we paid 197 dirhams so 420 dirhams was way 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 too much by any standards i knew that instantly actually when claudia saw the price she she almost uh, exploded with with anger uh, it, it it was obvious that they were trying to to overcharge us beyond any 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 any, any means. Uh, but usually in this kind of situation, I, I keep my calm and I was calm. I, I start laughing. I said, oh, come on, you, you're joking. And then I, I talk to him. Ahmed, look, the night before I ate in a restaurant, I explained to him this whole situation and I paid 197 dirhams. You cannot tell me that, I mean, the food was delicious, but you cannot tell me that uh, I have to pay 420 dirhams for this uh, food in this, uh, in this place. It's just it's it's not realistic you know and he brought me to the woman in the kitchen and the woman in the kitchen tried, tried to explain look i give you five different kind of fish on a big plate and and all of a sudden i said yes and it was delicious but the price you're charging me it's it's way 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 too much i cannot accept this kind of price and ahmed uh, told talked to the woman and said okay let's go back to the table and let's sit down and let's uh, find the price that you are happy to pay <laughs> and after a couple of minutes of uh, talking we agreed, okay, we are going to pay 250 dirhams. And I knew it's still a high price, And I, but my reasoning was, look, we are five people that we ate at this table, including yourself, like my family and yourself, and I'm happy to pay uh, 50 dirhams for every person. So 50 dirhams for five people is 250 dirhams. I'm happy to pay this price, and I, um, this is the price uh, that uh, I'd like to go along. And... Uh, he agreed and said, okay, you give me the money and I'll go to the woman and I'll pay the 250 dirhams. So I give him 250 dirhams, he went to the woman, he talked to, to her and he gave her the money. At this point for me it was obvious, he was the one to make the price. He, Ahmed, was the one to make the price for us. He will pay a higher price to the restaurant owners for our dinner, but he will still keep his cut for for our sorry for our lunch and i didn't have a problem with that but i didn't want this cut to be over the top i was very happy that he showed us around actually during during our uh, uh, little walk 
which took maybe an hour and a half. I gave him a little present of some something that I had in my bag, um, and he was happy to take it from me. Uh, not of great value, but it was just a nice, uh, kind gesture from from me. So in a way, I didn't feel obliged to 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 pay him. He offered to show us around without giving us a price in the beginning. I gave him a present because he was so kind. And then we sat down for lunch and we had lunch all together. So I paid for his lunch and I had absolutely no problem. I knew he's going to get a cut from our lunch and I had no problem with that. But I just, I just didn't want to be overcharged. And um, at that point I said, okay, Ahmed, that was very nice and we appreciate you showing us around and we appreciate that you, you, find, you, you brought us to this restaurant. I hope you're happy that you, you, we ate together and we had this uh, little uh, um, walk. Uh, but right now I just want to be with my family and we'll make our way back to, to the marina by ourselves. And uh, he, he knew instantly that I'm kind of brushing him off. And he accepted and said, okay, no problem, I'm going to um, sit in this uh, cafe, the, the, the next door. Uh, I'm going to have my uh, coffee for lunch while I'm, I'm smoking my uh, cigarette. And uh, maybe I'll meet you again in the afternoon and uh, or in the evening. And said, yeah, no problem. I was uh, happy about that, okay? Uh, for me, it was obvious he needed to stay around uh, for us to pass, to, to go away, so he can go back to the restaurant and get his cuts from his cut of money from uh, from uh, from the woman, the, the the owner of the restaurant. So we made our way back into the. Um, Marina we went through through by this time we were actually on the other side of the Medina so we had to go through the whole Medina the whole all the streets back uh, to uh, where we keep our boat into the modern side of uh, of Saleh so that all of that happened in the morning before two o'clock let's say half past one two o'clock it was lovely uh, we had a nice walk through the old Medina we saw the real life of the people who live there, the way they shop for their food and cook and, and all of that. We had a nice walk with the local who showed us and explained uh, what the important buildings are and where, what the functions are. Uh, we had a nice walk on the beach, lovely lunch at a decent price for European, I, I, I say. And uh, the woman uh, was not insulted like the... the the owner of the restaurant because when we departed she was still smiling at us she was still uh, you know uh, she wasn't she didn't look very crossed okay she didn't look crossed she she was still friendly with us um, um, and i'm pretty sure that if you if we are not to pay a fair price for our uh, lunch we wouldn't be allowed to leave the place before we pay the right price yeah, i mean i'm pretty sure we didn't underpay good uh, so this is out of the way. Um, then for the afternoon uh, we um, went uh, to Rabat on the other side of the river and uh, visit uh, the mausoleum of the uh, former king of Morocco and um, the founder of uh, the Rabat city. We have to remember that uh, Saleh and Rabat uh, used to be a base for the pirates only a few hundred years ago and very strong hold pirates. They were so strong that almost uh, made their own um, their own little state. And they were forced to be re recon recognized uh, recognized force by the by the local royalties. 
so the, the city is full of uh, history uh, itself. Then in the afternoon we went back into the Medina to get um, Theodora's uh, braces that we ordered the day before. We paid the difference and uh, we got the braces and they were fitting perfectly. Theodora said that the man did a really good job. She could see the difference between the braces that she had done in Ireland and the braces that she had had that uh, were done here in, uh, in Rabat. And uh, the difference in quality was unspeakable of. Uh, she was really happy good quality work, um, stronger um, uh, braces that will, will not break so easy. Um, so, so she was very happy about that. We went to the car rental place and picked up the car. And after that, uh, we went back to our boat. We stopped in town for lunch, for dinner. Uh, but it was a very mediocre experience. We, we were just a bit tired and uh, we stopped into a main road, modern uh, cafe, restaurant, and uh, David had pizza, Theodora had pasta, and uh, Claudia had a beef tangine, and I had, I can't remember what, another kind of dish, but you know, there was nothing fantastic about that dish, um, about those dishes, and the bill came to, I don't know, 170 dirhams with the drinks. Um, but it was just no, no, nothing. I don't even need to talk about it. It was just regular food, nothing, nothing fantastic by by any means. So that was um, Friday the seventh. So the next day, um, Saturday the eighth, will be the day that we leave the marina. We leave our boat in the marina for two weeks, and we'll head into. Morocco by car and um, on Saturday morning I took Claudia into the Medina so she can have a breakfast uh, similar to mine and uh, she was happy to have the experience but again uh, she kept on thinking that the level of hygiene was quite poor but she went along and she did enjoy the, the local bread with the cheese and um, uh, honey and uh, or peanut uh, sauce and the coffee. We went back to the boat, we packed our bags and uh, before half past 10 or 10 o'clock in the morning we, uh, we were in the car heading out of, um, of town. And the lunch break um, was planned to be in, uh, I think it's called uh, I can't, Meknes, I think, I, there are three towns, um, Meknes, Merzuga, and, uh, yeah, Meknes, yeah, that's Meknes. So, after about two, two, two and a half hours of driving through, through the countryside on nice big roads, modern roads, we will, uh, we arrived to uh, Meknes and to the Medina. There is, uh, there is no point, in our opinion, at least, to stop into the modern part of the cities because there will not be any different than any other cities. You have the buildings, the blocks of flats with the little uh, businesses uh, on the ground floor, little or big, anything, all kind of shops. You know, you still, uh, it's obviously it's different from uh, Europe and um, even the States, I'd say. 
Um, but we came here to experience the old life lifestyle and to be as close as to um, you know, a, a very rich experience. Um, and that's why we just drove through the, the outskirts of the city, straight to the Medina. We parked our car. The second we parked our car, uh, a guide, a, a man who helped us find the spot for parking the car, comes up to us and he offers to show us the Medina for a fee of, uh, of 100 um, dirham for, uh, for an hour. He explains to us that, look, you'll not be able, be able to find your way around, you'll be fooled, you'll, you'll go to bad restaurants to eat, uh, you won't be able to see the sights. Please, you know, pay me a hundred dirhams and I'll show you and I'll make sure that you have a good experience. But again, I, after I had the experience with, with Ahmed where the man wasn't straightforward with us to say, look, I'll show you around, this is what you pay me and uh, end of story. Like when I, After that experience, I became very cautious and um, I said, no, we're just going to find our way around, we're going to do it on our own, we don't need anybody to help us and that was it. Uh, so we headed into the Medina again, but this was a busy street, like we could barely move forward. Uh, the one in Rabat was busy, but this was even busier, like really, really, really busy. Uh, and uh, there is a nice big square in, um, in front of the gates of the uh, Medina, of the, of the Imperial Palace uh, and Medina in... Um, Mechnez and um, full of restaurants, you know, the, the waiters will be in the street trying to grab you in and convince to go and sit down and we knew this is not the place to sit down and eat, it just didn't feel right. So after about uh, 10 minutes of walking through, um, through the main um, street in the Medina, which was really, really crowded with people and stalls in the middle of the street, everybody shopping. Um, just locals. I didn't really see uh, any tourists, or just maybe now and again you'll see one or two tourists walking through. Um, we found this little restaurant, like it was just a little entrance with a long uh, a standing um, shelf along the wall where you can actually stand and, and uh, eat what you order from, from the counter. And uh, the the waiter said, you know, do you actually want to sit down and eat? He said, yes, we want to sit down. He said, okay, just then follow me. And he opened the door and we go in this uh, big, by any standards, uh, taking account all the, the rooms that we've seen at that, to that point, into this big restaurant. So basically they had just a little front stall that went cut to the main street, but the restaurant where people would actually sit down for lunch will be behind in 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 the courtyard so um, and they were full of locals there families mostly uh, we sat down at the table uh, we said look we just want um, chicken um, kebabs because he had a or shawarma shawarma because he had the chicken roasting in the in the front um, and it was very clean service fast lovely lunch lovely taste. David wasn't really mad about the flavor of the meat because it has uh, the local spice. But anyway, we ate the bill, came to 120 dirhams with the drinks. 
we gave the man a generous tip. He gave us a, a handful of chocolates uh, for the children um, after, so they have a little sweet after the, after the lunch. And we just wanted to stop in um, McNeese just for lunch and to have a look around. We didn't plan to spend more than a, a couple of hours in McNeese. So after we had our lunch, okay, let's slowly make our way back and um, then we'll go back to the car and get, uh, get out of the town. And on the way back, we found this um, another little bakery that was making donuts and other uh, specialties. And this was so, so simple. You could see the women in the bakery rolling the pastry. Uh, the big, um, I wouldn't say pot, but you know, the big pot of boiling oil where the donuts were being fried. Um, everything was made there on the spot. You can actually, you see the kitchen, you see the five or six people, uh, bakers working there, women and, uh, and the men. We actually had to uh, wait about 10 minutes for the donuts to be uh, to be made because the man was just about to start frying a new batch of donuts. And um, the price of a donut was ridiculously cheap. I hope I'm not making a mistake, but I think it was one dirham and 50 centime. That will make a donut 15 cent um, yeah freshly fried big size sugar coated donut uh, crispy on the outside really moist in the middle the quality of the dough was so high that it was almost yellow in color from the eggs that, that, that they were using oh man that was a donut. Actually, we uh, we had two each. We had two. Everyone uh, got uh, two donuts. So <laughs> we ate our donuts and we went back to towards the car. We stopped at the big gate, had a look around. Uh, the Imperial City was close to visitors. Later, I found out in the guidebook that it was a side gate that you can kind of you don't get into the Imperial City, but you get close to the Imperial City and you get to. to uh, a feel of the place but uh, I didn't know about that at, at that time we stopped to us we stopped at a stall where a man made a fresh squeeze freshly squeezed orange juice and we got four freshly squeezed orange juice for um, uh, six dirham each so that's like 60 cent uh, 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 orange juice he we you know he picked up the oranges from the from um, this sack and they were squeezed in front of us and then you get the orange juice. There's nothing there was nothing in between. There was nothing in between the orange and the and the glass. Uh, so we got back to the car, we got in the car and then we made our way to Fez. And Fez it's uh, one of the biggest cities in Morocco. So, so that was happening uh, on Saturday afternoon by now. Fez is one of the biggest uh, cities in Morocco. It's a very old city, probably founded about two or three thousand years ago. So it's a full of history. Um, and we arrived here at uh, again at the Medina. Our Riyadh is in the Medina, on the edge of the Medina, like five minutes from the Blue Gate. 
uh, and the Riyadh's Riyadh is a it's basically a guest house in an old building so at some point this was the house of a family and now it's been transformed into a guest house um, through a very little street you get into to the door of the house you walk through the door and you get into this small courtyard in the middle that um, you can you know has a no, there is no ceiling uh, on, on the courtyard, but you don't see the sky either because it, there is a canopy that kind of you know, lets the air f flow. But if it's rain or dust, doesn't get into the into the courtyard because all the rooms are around this little uh, uh, courtyard. There is no really no, no windows that get into the street or into anything else uh, you, you might have a little window going into the, uh, the side street but all the windows every activity everything it's it's pointing towards this uh, central um, um, courtyard it's not a garden it's a courtyard because there is no many plants if there is any plants there in in in, in, a, in a pot okay so uh, on our arrival we are um, greeted by Otman um, Otman and Yusuf, they uh, are the two men who look after this Riyadh. Apparently this Riyadh has been bought by an Italian woman who lives in Venice and um, she set it up uh, as a guest house and uh, these two young men and uh, a chambermaid look after the Riyadh. They um, look after the bookings and um, the chambermaid looks after the cleaning and uh, the two brothers uh, offer the services to, to the guests. They are very friendly, they speak uh, good English, of course French, and I think uh, they speak a bit of uh, Spanish and German. Uh, very useful to give us uh, directions and tell us what's uh, going around the uh, Fez. Let me check the time. We've been recording for 45 minutes and I'm still not up to date. I think I'm going to stop now. And I'll do another recording tomorrow. By then I should be hopefully up to date. Uh, so we just arrived on Saturday afternoon in Fez, in our Riyadh, in Medina. But I'm going to stop here because this is a completely different story. Everything gets even more intense. I mean, our first day in Rabat was intense. The second day in Saleh, Medina was intense. And in Meknes. But this is even more, even more. I can't wait to share all the details, but I need, I need a lot of time to, to actually be able to describe everything in my poor English with my foreign accent. So uh, talk to you soon.